We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We turn now to look at how a far-fetched Republican campaign to recall to recall Governor Gavin Newsom has managed to gain traction. A new poll finds over a third of registered voters would support ousting him, and the recall campaign says it's already gathered 1.3 million signatures. It has another month and a half to get to the 1.5 million valid signatures needed to trigger an election, thanks to an extended deadline due to the pandemic. Joining me now to talk about how we got here, Scott Schaefer, senior editor for KQED's California Politics and Government Desk and co-host of KQED's Political Breakdown. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Hi, Mina. Also with us is Angela Hart, a correspondent covering California health politics and policy for Kaiser Health News. Hi, Angela Hart. Good morning, Mina. So, Angela, remind us how this recall effort got started. I mean, there had been several initial attempts that failed, I thought. Oh, sure. There's been six. Um, This would mark the sixth recall attempt um, on Governor Newsom since he took office in early two thousand January 2019. Um, uh, And and as I show in a in a piece that we published um, late last week, um, this recall effort Governor Newsom is facing is entirely different than the past ones. And um, I would really show that. The, the the recent polling, I think, really shows that the vaccination chaos is really contributing ginormously um, to this recall effort. Yes, that, that new poll, Scott Schaefer. I mean, you've got here a third of respondents to a UC Berkeley IGS poll saying that they would oust him and 45% saying they would oppose such a move, yet that still doesn't sound great to me. Well, you only you, need 50, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when you look through all these numbers, that's one of the, the more silver linings for the governor, I think. Uh, the fact that in spite of the fact that people are not happy with the job he's doing, specifically around the pandemic, I mean, that's really what this is about. Uh, and as Gustavo Ariano pointed out just a moment ago in your earlier segment, you know, the French Laundry, his visit to the French Laundry was, you know, it's one of those things that everyone understood. Fancy restaurant, hypocrisy, governor telling you to do one thing, he's doing another. And it just did add fuel to this uh, campaign to recall him. And, you know, in spite of the fact that people are unhappy with how the vaccine is being rolled out and the on-again, off-again, stay-at-home orders, there's still a fair amount of reluctance and and, and also indecision about whether recalling him would be a good idea. So, you know, he's got time to turn this around for sure. Uh, but uh, I'm sure the governor's people are paying close attention. They've got to take this seriously. Yes, but you're right. That French laundry incident is something that it's it's easy to take personally when you're <laughs> sacrificing so much and following the rules that he, he put out there. But speaking to the health issues, I mean, Angela Hart, talk to us about how things got so bad with the bungled vaccine rollout, which, as you said, appears to be the recent big driver of anger towards the governor. Scott brings up some really good points. I would just say um, there's a couple of big picture things that I think might help set the scene a little bit. Um, Unlike other aspects of the pandemic response, um, really, you know, controversial business closures, 
of course, the hypocrisy with Governor Newsom, you know, violating his own rules. Um, but unlike uh, some of the other issues we've seen in the, in the pandemic, even really looking at the disproportionate impact on, impact on black and brown communities, um, the vaccination really touches most Californians. It touches people in a way that the other, you know, aspects of the pandemic really haven't struck as big of a chord. And um, so I think that's impossible to ignore. Um, people of all sides of the political spectrum, all stripes, and people across a diverse geography in a state so big in California are all feeling this in some way. And really, I can't overstate this enough. People want really basic information. People want government to do its job. Um, people, you know, the people I've spoken to, um, Democrats, Republicans, no party preference voters, people are blaming Governor Newsom not for what he can't control. Um, people are pretty smart and people understand that the vaccine, Governor Newsom can't control the supply of vaccines flowing to California. But um, as far back as October 19th, this governor really has propped himself up, um, his leadership and his administration, um, really promising that California would lead this, this efficient and equitable, you know, robust vaccine strategy, a, 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 an enormous logistical operation. And, um, and, and, and so I think people are paying close attention to the governor's rhetoric and his promises. And um, back on October 19th, this is very um, helpful because people I spoke to, Democrats who are growing dissolution with the governor's leadership, really specifically pointed to his rhetoric. Um, in October, he said, we've long been in the vaccination business. And he touted California's experience with um, administering flu shots and its experience with H1N1. And of course, California has, uh, you know, very strong um, childhood vaccination protocols. And the governor really touted all of this and promised, um, you know, over about a dozen press conferences leading to January um, that California has control of this. And regardless of what the Trump administration did or didn't do, Californians should be reassured that he's got it. He's got control of it and they should trust him. Mm. And I think the thing I'm, I'm, you know, the thing that really um, stood out to me mostly, most of all is people are so keenly paying attention to that. And, and the concern is trust, right? This is the biggest public commodity right now in the vaccination war, you know, government, needs the trust of people of communities in order to make this effective and and out the gate that has been squandered i see i mean what you're describing is that people feel like he didn't level with them or tell them the truth that they feel misled about the ability to get a vaccine um, given his statements in october let me ask our listeners to weigh in how would you rate governor newsom's leadership during the pandemic do you think he should be recalled why or why not? Give us a call at 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, and you can email us at forum at kqed.org. 
And Paulina writes, so many school districts in California remain closed because there is no leadership from the top. It seems Newsom's more interested in maintaining union support for his political career than the welfare of California's children. He should be doing everything in his power to get kids and teachers safely back in school. As a lifelong Democrat, I used to support Governor Newsom, but now with his inability to stand up for kids, I support a recall. I mean, Scott, just talk about the demographics of our state, the voter registration of our state, and how many disaffected Democrats would need to turn on Newsom here? Well, quite a lot. I mean, just if you look at the electorate, about a quarter of voters are registered Republicans, about twice that many are registered Democrats. Uh, the rest are declined to state or no party preference voters. So yeah, I mean, and let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But if the recall does qualify, there are two questions. The first one is, should the governor be recalled? Yes or no? If the answer is no, that's the end of it. But if yeah. the answer is yes, then you've got a list of alternatives. Kevin Faulkner, the former mayor of San Diego, jumped in yesterday. We can talk about that if you like. Let's do that. Let's talk about that after the break. But just to note that it takes 50 percent of voters to say yes before they're asked, OK, if you do want to recall him, who should replace him? I don't know if that, again, is uh, that seems kind of low, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. But you know what? As they say, polls are a snapshot in time. And the time that the recall would be on the ballot, things are going to look very differently. All right. We'll Thank have you. more after the break with Scott Schaefer and Angela Hart. Stay with us. I'm Mina Kim. You're listening to Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom gaining steam. We're joined by Angela Hart, a correspondent covering California health politics and policy for Kaiser Health News, and Scott Schaefer, senior editor for KQED's California Politics and Government Desk and co-host of KQED's Political Breakdown. We're asking you, our listeners, to also weigh in. Do you think he should be recalled? Why or why not? How would you rate the governor's leadership during the pandemic when he initially enjoyed very high approval ratings, but we're seeing those go down. 866-733-6786 is the number to call. The email address, forum at kqed.org, or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. Marjorie writes, I do not favor Newsom's recall, but I'm not inclined to fight for him either. Angela Hart, that reminds me of some of your reporting where you talked about how people were saying, well, I may look seriously at a democratic challenger to Newsom. Yeah, that uh, it's been really interesting going out and talking to people. And um, I've been out um, around the north, around Northern California, um, talking to voters in person, um, talking to people um, on social media, and um, really reaching out to my sources and trying to really understand how serious this looks for the governor. And uh, I, I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, I heard from a lot of Republicans, but I also heard really um, big concern from Republicans and no party preference voters who are growing share of the state's electorate. And um, they specifically, uh, I heard from a lot of Democrats, we would never, you know, replace 
um, Governor Schwartz, Governor Newsom was uh, a Republican like Schwarzenegger. Like that's what happened in 2003. But certainly they would consider a, another Democrat. And um, and if, if I could just spotlight, I'd like to read um, one of the people I, I, I profiled in my article was a woman named Joy Sampson. And I think that just speaks to the bigger issue. Um, she said, you know, the messaging for, for California really for Governor Newsom hasn't been clear and and she can handle waiting until March or April, but just be honest and tell us that it's not realistic yet, she said, if it's not happening. And and later on said, you know, it's not only it's not only the the governor's actions, it's his rhetoric. And she said, I know he's trying, but honestly at this point she's so soured by the she really feels misled. And I think that if I had to pinpoint one um, feeling that I've noticed among Democrats is that feeling of being misled and that California has lost control and California is not leading. Um, California is behind um, much of the country. California is consistently at the bottom third or so. Um, now, Governor Newsom is um, undertaking really big efforts to try and turn this around and has sped up the vaccinations just a little bit. but there's still really big concern that people don't know very basic information about where they're going to go to get a vaccine, um, where they, you know, where their place in line is, um, how they're going to even be notified. Um, these are, these are basic government functions. Let me go to Matthew in Santa Maria. Hi, Matthew. Hi, how you doing? I'm well, what do you feel? Think? That, uh, the young lady who just spoke, I, I understand her point of view and many other points of views, but I just think it's pitiful that they are judging him off of a few small issues, and it, it really is just not fair, because if he was a Republican, they, they would look the other way. Um, Matthew, thanks for your perspective. Laura writes, don't you think that part of the recall's popularity ref reflects the growing number of parents who are enraged that the schools were the first to close and have been the last to open and Governor Newsom is in the pocket of the teachers unions who are resisting a return to in-person instruction? You know, Scott, you know, some of the <clears throat> prognosticators of this think that ultimately the uh, the the election will actually, that the signatures will be enough to trigger an election, that the election will actually happen, mm -hmm. but that ultimately he will not be booted from office. Is that what you think? Do you well, agree with that assessment? you know, as I said, just as the break was happening, uh, polls are, you know, it's cliche, but polls are a snapshot in time. And this poll, which is very, you know, bad news, a kind of a wake-up call for Gavin Newsom, is a reflection of all the frustration, the anxiety, uh, the fear that people have about the pandemic. Where can I get a vaccine? How am I going to get my kids back into school? What's going to happen to my small business? I mean, all of that sort of toxic stew is what is reflected in this poll. And when and if the recall is on the ballot, and it could be as, as far as a year from now, things are going to look quite different. They could be worse, <laughs> but they're going to be different. And I think that if most people get the vaccination, if the economy begins to recover, you know, people are going to have a different attitude. They're going to, those things will be further in the rearview mirror than they are right now. And I would disagree with Matthew. These are not small things. These are huge things. Uh, and, you know, Newsom has been held, uh, dealt a pretty bad hand. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, he's fumbled a few things. And I think one of his biggest problems has been over-promising and under-delivering. Uh, Angela sort of uh, alluded to that a moment ago. You have to set reasonable expectations. I think we, you know, we saw a little bit of that with Joe Biden doing the opposite, you know, uh, 
saying, I'm going to get a million vaccines or 100 million vaccines in the arms of Americans. And then he kind of inched it up a little bit as he got a better sense of what the lay of the land was. You know, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. And I think the governor has made that mistake uh, on a number of issues. Well, let's go to Mark in Redwood City. Hi, Mark. Hi. Uh, with all due respect, I think you're missing the point if you say it's all about the pandemic. For me, it's about one-party Democrat rule, and he's uh, signed into law a lot of damaging uh, uh, uber-liberal policies. So that's why I'd be voting him out. Uh, Mark, thanks. I don't know if you have a comment on that, Scott, before I go to the next caller. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really the—I mean, Republicans have made that point for a long time. They say, look— you don't like the way things are going in California? Don't blame us. This is a democratic state. They have super majorities, Democrats do, in both houses of the legislature. They have the governorship. <laughs> so if, if you're not happy with things, then you have to look at the an alternative. And, and that's why Kevin Faulkner, the former Republican mayor, oh, he's a Republican now, he's former mayor <laughs> of uh, San Diego, uh, is says he's running to uh, kind of, uh, you know, erase some of those policies like sanctuary cities. Oh, he hasn't specifically said that, but, you know, along the lines of what the the uh, caller was just alluding to, you know, mm -hmm. this idea that there's some very liberal policies that, you know, Jerry Brown tried to moderate those a little bit. Gavin Newsom, not so much. And uh, so it's it is it is it's a still a difficult message to sell in a state where Trump got five million fewer votes than Joe Biden. Uh, and, and that that certainly is going to be part of the message that Newsom and Democrats will make. What role do you think Faulkner announcing that? Um, also, we know that John Cox, the businessman who challenged Newsom in 2018, has supported and funded the recall effort as well and says he would challenge if a recall makes it on the ballot as well. But but how does that shift anything in terms, in terms of dynamics? The fact that Faulkner jumps in? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it gives a face to the alternative, a different face. I mean, the, uh, Republicans tried to get Faulkner to run in 2018. They see him as a, you know, sort of a, a friendlier face for the Republican Party. He supports abortion rights for women. He has distanced himself for Donald Trump, uh, his policies on immigration and the border, although he did vote for him uh, in this last November election. He'll have to respond to that. But, you know, yeah, so I think that uh, it does give, it's, you know, it's not just Newsom against the pandemic now. It's Newsom against Faulkner to a certain extent and, and John Cox as well. Uh, and so, you know, it makes the choice a little more clear rather than an, the abstract, well, let's just get rid of Newsom and, you know, figure out what happens next some other time. I mean, that now they're, the, the alternatives are beginning to become more clear. Well, Angela, Hart, I'd like your reaction to Catherine's tweet here, Angela. Catherine tweets, entrusting the leadership of the vaccination program to a huge insurance company, Blue Shield, seems like a train wreck waiting to happen. I'll look to a Democratic challenger and away from Newsom now. I mean, Angela Hart, his planned state takeover and bringing in Blue Shield as a third party, is that reassuring? You know, I'm hearing so much of this. Um, we heard a lot that um, there are Democrats who want to consider another Democrat other than Newsom if the recall does qualify for the ballot. And the schools issue is huge. The vaccination issues is huge. But you really can't ignore this momentum growing. Um, and I just want to um, challenge this idea, if I could go back to one point, um, the question to Scott. Um, that I just want to challenge this idea that the qualification is going to be, um, or that the, the after qualifying, that's when the difficulty is going to come or could come. Um, I actually think the difficulty is now. Um, I'm not quite convinced that this qualifies, and mm. I still would describe it as a long shot, but 
clearly there's momentum. And um, I don't know, the governor finds himself in this position of being held to account for things that are in his control, but there's also things that voters are gonna judge him if this is on if this if this succeeds and it and, and gets qualified, voters are gonna remember this. And voters um, who I talked to describe this as sort of a breaking point. The vaccination rollout was the breaking point of the laundry list of complaints and you know, even Democrats, you know, they said before the vaccine rollout was was um, was um, you know bungled. Um, they were kind of hanging on, but now this was the breaking point. And so I think the governor really finds himself in, in hot water if this does qualify. And I think it's totally plausible that you could see some, some, you know, ambitious Democrat throwing their hat in the ring or some ambitious, no party, you know, it doesn't matter what the political stripe is. Um, I do think it becomes more difficult when, if Kevin Falconer, you know, when you put an R behind their name on a statewide ballot in a state that votes so overwhelmingly Democratic, that becomes really difficult for any any Republican, I think. Um, but I don't think we should discount this idea of Newsom, you know, facing a potential Democratic challenger. Well, let me go to Teresa in Crescent City. Hi, Teresa. Hello. Um, I just want to very quickly say that I think that Governor Newsom in a lot of ways is in a no-win situation. Because if he opens the schools too soon, some people are going to be mad. If he opens them too late, some people will be mad. If he rolls out the vaccine too fast, there's going to be other problems. So I just think it's an impossible time. And with the exception of French Laundry that was just stupid, um, I don't Mm. really think that we can be that angry with him. Thanks, Teresa. Well, Keenan writes, I think this recall is an absolute waste of time. Has the governor been perfect? No. But look, hindsight is twenty twenty, and he's dealing with a really tough hand that no one else has had to deal with before. Recalling him will make an even bigger mess of the issues we're dealing with now. Keenan writes, waste of time. Scott, do you, what would a recall election cost if it got to that point? Do you oh, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, it would be uh, could be consolidated potentially with the primary. The legislature would have to uh, move the uh, June primary back to March, I think, to make that work. There's a lot of, there's some flexibility in terms of, you know, sort of slow walking this uh, from the Secretary of State's office and the legislature could, uh, you know, consolidate it. That would make it, uh, you know, wouldn't, it would just add add one more thing to that ballot. So it wouldn't really cost additional money. Um, you know, I, I don't have a, you know, a dollar figure on a, on a standalone statewide election, but obviously it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And again, Scott Schaefer, senior editor for KQED's California Politics and Government Desk and co-host of KQED's Political Breakdown Show. We're also talking with Angela Hart, a correspondent covering California health politics and policy for Kaiser Health News. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. One of the things that we've been hearing about is that uh, some of the anger and ire toward the governor have been basically expressed in some pretty horrific, Scott, threats to the governor, his family, his partner. Um, We've also heard reporting and investigations on how there have been a lot of, say, more extremist elements who initially supported this recall. Um, Can you talk about that and, and, you know, what it really tells us about the state of our politics right now? 
Yeah, well, there's been a lot of anger directed at the governor, not just uh, around this, but around other issues as well. Uh, we've seen anti-vaxxers who were angry with him uh, last year. They had a, you know, rather, I wouldn't say violent, but a, a you know, a fairly uh, truculent uh, protest at the state capitol. Uh, and then, of course, more recently, we've seen some of the uh, racist groups, white supremacist groups getting angry with President uh, Trump's defeat. Uh, and some of those folks, not, you know, not all of them, certainly, and, and I don't want to say that the leadership of the recall campaign uh, is made up of white supremacists. I, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, there will be an effort to uh, merge those two together in the eyes of voters. Uh, the California Democratic Party tried to brand this recall effort as a coup. Uh, there was a lot of pushback about that because, you know, recalls are legal. They're part of the Constitution. Uh, but there's no question that we have uh, a very high degree of partisanship and divide and hatred and anger frustration. Uh, and yeah, it, it is expressing itself in some ways that are really uh, frightening. But uh, this recall is one of those ways. And, and at least that one is within the law. Let's go to Andrew in San Francisco. Hi, Andrew. Join us. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I, I felt like I really was moved to, to participate in this in this forum conversation because, you know, for a long time, even when Newsom was first uh, elected, there was just something in my gut that just I, I didn't trust about him. And especially with the affair that happened, I think it happened about 13 years ago with, with someone who he worked closely with, but was also a close friend with. And he did that with the, the wife. Um, I think that affair really said a lot about who he was as a person. And I, I'm a strong believer that, you know, if we're going to have a leader who runs this state and tells us to do one thing, but then just really turns turns the, the cheek and does something so hypocritical to where now, 13 years later, um, he's doing something especially so severe in this pandemic. I just feel like he's being very calculated to win the, and gain the trust of Californians. And then when he gets caught in these scandalous, hypocritical events, you know, he tries to play it off until the evidence really shows what he really, truly did. And then that's when he apologizes. I, I just find it really hard to just really trust a leader who's who's telling us to do one thing and then and then does something completely different. And I really do believe that both professional and per, and personal lives do do need to be aligned if you really want to be a true leader. But that's just what I wanted to say. Yeah, Angela Hart. Andrew is bringing something in that I actually hadn't heard that much about, which are these character questions around uh, Newsom and their ability to move the needle here. Yeah, you know, the, the caller brings up such a good point, and you really can't overstate how important this trust is. I mean, the trust cuts across issues. Clearly, the trust is so central to the pandemic response. You see that with schools, with vaccinations, with being clear with the public about why you're making explicit decisions. And, um, you know, we see this with this Blue Shield contract too. Um, you know, it's we, we have some details that we got yesterday about this big contract that the state is entering into with this private health insurance giant in California. Um, and there's big concern and the governor hasn't done himself any favors in building trust. He hasn't answered questions about um, you know, he didn't, they released some details yesterday, but we haven't, we haven't been able to get basic questions answered. We don't know very simple, um, you know, we don't know very simple things like what the state is trying to accomplish. Why, why the state invested months and months of time into this vaccination distribution strategy that it, it completely is shifting course in the middle of stream and people, <clears throat> 
um, are reacting to me. I mean, the, I've, my Twitter feed and my email has just exploded since our story ran. And um, I pulled a comment um, responding from um, the, one of the callers' questions earlier um, to the Blue Shield contract. Um, people point the vaccination chaos right at Governor Newsom's feet. They said it is his fault. He had no plan. He did have a plan, but it wasn't carried out well. But he well, dumped it on the counties and walked away. And now you and I are going to pay Blue Shield millions of dollars to do it, even though they have no expertise in this area. So mm. um, I just want to, this, this idea of trust is really important and um, transparency and the governor I think has a lot of work to do to building that and to really just being forthcoming and, and straightforward with the public. Well, Maddie writes, I think the people who want to recall Governor Newsom are mostly the ones who didn't vote for him in the first place. Every time we elect a Democratic governor, the first thing that happens is Republicans try a recall. Newsom isn't perfect, but we can wait for the next election. Scott, we just have 30 seconds, but what do you think, what do you think will be the trajectory of this recall effort? Well, you know, it's easy to be governor or president or mayor when things are easy. I mean, California was in great shape when Newsom took over. It's not in great shape now. We're going to see what he's made of. You know, this is an opportunity as well as a danger for him. And we're going to find out in the coming weeks uh, exactly, uh, you know, what he's made of. You know, can he rise to the occasion or not? Scott Schaefer, senior editor for KQED's California Politics and Government Desk. Angela Hart, correspondent covering California health politics and policy for Kaiser Health News. Really appreciated having your insights. Really appreciated having our listeners weigh in. Thank you to all of you. Also, thanks to Ariana Prail and Susan Britton for producing today's segments. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snapchat Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.